Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a man who, Friday night, he'll be dressed to kill down at Dino's Bar and Grill. The drink will flow and the blood will spill, and if he wants to fight, you better let him, because the boys are back in town. Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm... I'm just impressed by that intro that you nailed it. Everyone listening, that was his first take. Oh wow, wow! Thank you. If you're as impressed by me as Zach is, let us know on Twitter at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. You can find us on iTunes. Please rate and review us. It really helps the show, and you can find us anywhere podcasts are. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash RomanCircusPod. Now, Zach, we missed the last three weeks. Everybody is has been waiting on pins and needles on the edges of their seats. What do we got? What's in the news? What's up with life? Just let it all spill out here. Well, you know, to start with a sad story, I hate to do it, but Ross Perot died. I know that's uh, yeah he 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 got nineteen percent of the vote in nineteen ninety two as an independent. That's insane. Yeah, so he um, he gave us President Bill Clinton. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's interesting though because Ross Perot gets praised from a really wide audience. I mean, Senator Bernie Sanders was praising him on Twitter. I mean, he gave yeah. He gave Bernie Sanders a sword, and I would praise anyone who gave me a sword, too. So, Yeah. Um, I mean, his big thing was trade. And so you do have a, an eclectic bunch of politicians and public figures who are um, feel a certain kind of way about trade. Um, uh-huh. And that's where you suddenly see people like um, Bernie Sanders and Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump and uh, different figures um, – I think Tom Coburn on trade, maybe, or not Coburn, sorry, Tom Cotton, uh, or no, mm-hmm. um, Sherrod Brown is kind of there on trade, I'm pretty sure, uh, anyway, a kind of a, a, a eclectic bunch of Democrats and Republicans who, you know, think that these international free trade agreements just sort of result in, you know, all of our products being made by slaves, um, mm-hmm. and so they... Yeah, and that was one of Ross Perot's. He was like one of the pioneers, apparently, of the anti-free trade stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he's died. I actually, I mean, I'll just admit, I didn't. I thought he had died years ago. Um, but he built a whole section of Dallas. Yeah, from what I understand too, is he was. I don't know as much as you can be a pretty good employer to work for. Like he he was known to hobnob with all the regular employees instead of just stay up in his palatial estate in the sky. I don't know. I heard, it seems like I've heard, I've heard pretty glowing reviews since he passed outside of the normal, like, you know, this was a guy who did a thing. Let's all talk good about him. Right. The, yeah, it's been very positive. And, you know, I mean, as far as I know, it gave back. We have the Perot Museum in Dallas. Victory Park is kind of all Perot-inspired. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, let's... Uh, he made let's an... All, what? 
he made enough money that his son bought the Mavericks and sold them to Mark Cuban. So that was another positive thing that the pros did. What? I said, ugh, Mark Cuban. Yeah, um, but he won a championship. True. So, um, yeah, so we should, uh, you know, everyone pray for the repose of his soul um, and that he may uh, uh, enjoy the beatific vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rip Torn also died recently. Wait, really? So you might from know Men him Black? from Men in, Men in Black and Dodgeball. Yeah, he died same day as Ross Perot. I saw people talking about him, and I should have pieced it together that they were talking about him because he died, but... There's also that mm. new Men in Black movie out, so I didn't realize. Well, that's sad. Yep. Yeah, that happened, Zach. While we were away, people just started dying. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. What? So we got that. We got the death out of the way. What else we got? Um. So there was a like, and I don't know how real the controversy was, but it it was very. It made a lot of. Um, headlines that mm-hmm. Disney is making a live-action Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. um, and they have cast a black woman to play Ariel. Her name's Hallie Bailey. Right. Um, and first, I want to say that I was just skimming headlines that day, and I thought they had cast Halle Berry for like about. Oh three yeah, hours. no that that was absolutely a thing that all of us did for sure. Right, and I was like, "Does Halle Berry sing?" I mean, but uh, you know, I don't. Um, it, yeah, and then I look close and I'm like, oh, Halle Bailey, and I will admit I had I had not heard of Halle Bailey. Um, right. I watched a clip of her singing, and um, I, I guys, I, she probably had the best audition. Like, she's very talented, mm-hmm. and that's where mm-hmm. I mean, you know, besides the fact that mermaids um, are not real, um, I, I, I guess well, I, I don't not with that attitude. I didn't hear anybody so, complaining about it. I heard people defending it, which made me think there must have been some people complaining about it. But um, this girl's, like, wicked talented, so, like, mm-hmm. drop it. And don't be Yeah, racist. I mean, I mean the. I think it's far more of a uh, an okay thing to protest the idea that we have to make a live-action remake of every cartoon movie, but also... Uh, Disney doesn't care about your nostalgia or your childhood. They only care about money. So uh, these movies are going to make money, so they're going to keep making the live-action version, right? It, uh, Yeah, I I don't know. You want, you want to hear my my take on the, uh, the, oh, the Internet is not having this because of so... Like, you want to, basically Internet controversies. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what, I don't even know what to call them. I I'm pretty sure they're all fake. Like the you cuz you simultaneously hear the news and the controversy, right? Like I I heard about the Halle Bailey casting because right away you hear that people were not thrilled that a that they got a black girl to play Little Mermaid who we all know is white, Zach. Like that's it's like a simultaneous. You don't. It's not like she gets cast, and then a little bit goes by, and then you're like people are up in arms. It's like almost too perfect of a thing. Now I'm not saying that there aren't people who would make the comment that that's wrong, 
or, or uh, make the comment that they don't like it, right? Like, right. I, I'm sure there are people out there, but I think it's like, it's just a perfect way to get yourself and get this news in the headlines and get instant support. Like the Nike stuff, uh, last week it came out that Nike was going to do a Betsy Ross flag shoe, but then it was nixed because Colin Kaepernick said the Betsy Ross flag is a racist flag, right? Or something like that. Yeah. So did you... That's a that's there's there's so much there's a lot going on with that story. So what, well, do, yeah, what but do you the, think? Well, yeah, but the point is is that did did we know that these shoes were in production, or did we find out that these shoes were in production the moment we found out there was a controversy? Right, like it wasn't like Nike pushed these things out and then Kaepernick. Now Kaepernick has some some sort of sway and some sort of decision making power in nike they've given them something i forget what exactly it is but like you hear about it simultaneously you don't it's not like they were in a they were in a meeting a closed door meeting and they're like hey we're gonna do the betsy ross flag shoe and then kaepernick is like no you are not and that that's the end of it right it like airs itself out in the media because every time nike has a controversy the nike stock goes up right so you get an instant reaction and you get people to weigh in on this sub this controversy that they just found out about that might not actually be a controversy right so it it really it results in and then you get like you get the obvious uh, tweet well wait one sec sorry the yeah the obvious tweet of like laura ingram tweeted well that's it no more nike shoes for my family and like well okay i mean that's you can do that if you want but like you you, they know they can bank on these overreactions and these people drumming up this controversy, making it making a controversy where there might not have been one to begin with. All right, you go. What were you saying? Um, well, so one thing I hadn't even thought of this at all, but a friend sent me a direct mess, a DM, and said, um, you know, what if like perhaps Nike did they they made these shoes and realized that they weren't going to sell, and so mm-hmm. to try to make lemonade out of the situation they did a whole thing about pulling them because of like for race, like because they were racist. Yeah. And then that way it's like, they're not going to sell, but they can like make lemonade out of it. I, I have no idea if that's it, but I thought that was an interesting suggestion. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to believe that too. Cause how many, like, that's what they did. What, with, remember that movie, the, the movie about Kim Jong, the, uh, the, what was that yeah the interview called? the interview yeah. with seth rogan and james frank and so right? they like faked this whole thing of how they had to pull it because of north korea and then everyone right. started watching it for free speech or whatever yeah it's it, you, it's the easiest way to drum something up like it it sounds conspiratorial or if that's the word is that the word i don't even know but it like that's the easiest that's the easiest way to and you know people will bite on it like at twitter we can't we can't let anything pass through Twitter without commenting on it, right? So you know you can just you can just slip something into the discourse and people will air it out for you. So it's 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 perfect and it's actually I don't know if it's underhanded or if it's smart or if it's both, but it's like like who can and and you and who knows like who's actually even thought about the Betsy Ross flag in the past year, really? Like well, no one and, thinks about that flag. But here's the thing. So it's it's weird because it was like I don't think it I don't think that it had been like a racist symbol before, 
But then, yeah. as soon as Kaepernick said it was, like, racists started getting it, like, tattooed on their face. So, I mean... Right. Yeah. No, that's the thing. You just... <laughs> when, yeah. I mean, it's when, like, guys, we're, we're not defending the Betsy Ross flag. I'm sorry. Because the, now racists have claimed it. And so it's like, this just... There's just too much going on here. Right. Well, I heard something that the Southern Poverty Law Center, for whatever their word can be trusted, didn't even really have any groups on their list that use the Betsy Ross flag. So right now it's like whatever, if whatever Nike wanted to become of it, the, the unsuitables have now taken it for their own, right? Like it, it's just, I don't know. It, it always, it's never like you're always, you're always being played is what I think is what I think this boils down to. Like it, you're not, it, nothing is ever just like a, a controversy that springs up like they know they know when they cast Halle Bailey they they know they stand they're standing before a young black girl and they know that she's great for the role and they see the color of her skin and they know what the cartoon looked like and they know that it's going to cause some reactions so they have they can so they make a decision to just let it happen or control it and use it to their advantage. That's basically what it is, right? So it, yeah. So you're like, it, I don't know. That's that's my, since we've been gone, I've done a lot more and become a lot more. You're constantly, constantly being played. That's, that's kind of my position on everything now. Yeah. And I, I mean, guys, if you didn't have a stance on the Betsy Ross flag two weeks ago and now you're all about it, like you need to just examine yourself. Well, yes, I mean the the ones who get in on it, like they, yeah. I mean, I obviously I just told everyone before this to go to our Patreon if they want to donate money. So I'm no I'm no saint there, but also like the the money making grift machine just weighs in right on time. Like it's it's just you can set your watches to it, and it it works. Everything where everything works. It all. Everything gets the end that it shoots for, so um yeah, that's that. I don't know. Wow, we're Wow, yeah. Is that did that work out? Did I buy my book? Yes, uh, buy, what, what was that? You had that tweet, what is it? Everything boils down to buy my book. Basically, and that's not I mean it it's not a, it's kind of a slam, but I mean it also like people have books that are fine but at the end of the day like if yeah if people are if people are deeply concerned about something then it usually means they just want you to buy their book like you like you, yeah you know i don't know nah i'm done with that what, what do we what do we got what do we got um what else is going on in the world um girl sports Oh, Zach, um, in one day, we were, the United States was the best at soccer and then also had a brutal defeat at the, like, the women triumphed in the morning and the men let us down in the evening. It was quite a soccer roller coaster. Well, soccer is super interesting as a sport. And, like, I just, it's, it, you know, it's just, wow, soccer, I, especially women's I'm, soccer. You know, I'm glad the American women won. I also wish they would have scored one more goal because then I would have won money. As it was, they won and I lost. So, you know, 
who who's to say who the real I, winner? Oh, I just thought it was funny because there were so many people on Twitter that they couldn't just be like, "Yeah, soccer." They're like, "This is so exciting! We have such an incredible soccer team. These women deserve so much!" Like, and it was like, "We get it. You're excited." But it was like, <laughs> it, it it was like in North Korea when you have to mourn the dear leader. Like, he, it, it was like, guys. I'm having trouble thinking that you're actually excited on the basis of you're taking a whole paragraph to to say how excited you are and how this is like just as exciting as the Super Bowl and it's it's like guys like you don't have to you don't have to tell people how exciting things are if, if they're exciting. I don't know. Zach, I don't just because this. I'm happy for them. I just was laughing at the people that were like especially the guys. It was like the reply guy type. They were like I'm just as excited about this as if it was boys sports. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach, just because neither of us have been excited about anything in 20 years doesn't mean other people don't get excited. I don't know. Uh, speaking of me betting on things, I was I was in Las Vegas. I was in Los Angeles for a few days, then Las Vegas, and I I was in the middle of two earthquakes, Zach. Right. And... <laughs> like actual earthquakes yeah i was sitting in in las vegas watching basketball in the thomas and max center and the building started shaking and the jumbotron started swaying back and forth and the lights like the lights on the ceiling were swaying back and forth and people were jumping up and running for the exits dang yeah it was great i sat there in my seat and enjoyed the show but it uh everything was fine but yeah, I was in the two earthquakes, and uh, they were pretty big ones. So the wherever they, the epicenter of the earthquake was, you know, took some. That'd damage. be like the uh, that'd be like the audience how they would react if Elon Musk was giving a TED talk. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about Elon Musk in a while. We haven't talked about anything in a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, I made it back uh, safe and sound. And uh, here to here to do the podcast. I fulfilled my goal in Los Angeles of meeting so many babies. You know, our mutual friends had like four babies over the past few months, and I got to see them all and got to hang out with all the kids. It was great. Yep. How many kids? Are you still babysitting the dogs? No, I did that for two weeks. I'm going to do that next month for another two weeks, but I'm I'm dog free right now. Yeah, babies and dogs, Zach. Babies and zo- babies and dogs. Babies uh, and dogs. <laughs> okay, is that a good amount? Is that three weeks worth of banter? You want to get on to the the? I mean, I think other so. part you of the know, show. I mean, I'm a, you know, my life. I'm back at working full time. Um, mm-hmm. I've taken some time away from that. Uh, it's going well. Um. Hmm. I finished Shit's Creek. I think since our last episode, like the last, like season five. Well, so now actually, I now that I found out there is a season five, I haven't figured out how to watch it. Right. We need to find out how to watch that. If anyone has any information, they can pass on to help us watch that. Yeah. Um, if you want to send us your pass, what is it called? Pop. TV or pop net what is the if you have a way to watch Shits Creek season five, um slide into to any of our DMs. 
Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Oh, I um, have a growing yeah. mustache. Oh, it's back, ladies and gentlemen. Just they said it, they said it was gone forever, but it's back. One of my coworkers comes by every day to tell me that it looks terrible, and I need to uh, get rid of it. That's yeah, fine. It looks fine, Zach. Thank you, you know what? I would I would say that you growing a mustache is a heroic act of charity. Oh. Would you? What, what's a heroic right. act of charity? Zach, today we are talking about a heroic act of charity. This is a, this comes to us from a wonderful listener, David Westerberg. He was like, hey, he emailed us and was like, have you heard about this thing? Have you seen this thing? You guys should talk about it. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's take a little bit of time and talk about it. Talk about the old H-A-C, H-A-O-C. Um, H-A-O-C, have you, I like it. Have you heard all of it? All AOCs. H A O C Congresswoman AOC, all of it. All right. Have you do you know anything about this or I actually exp- I, I looked at it briefly when you mentioned doing it as a topic and when we got the suggestion. But mm-hmm. um I've been excited to kind of like I'm I'm ready to learn from you, Matt. All right. Sit back and let me learn you a thing or two. Uh when someone offers all the prayers and good works performed during their lifetime to God, plus all of the suffrages which may accrue to them after their death, uh, they offer all of that for the remission of the souls in purgatory. So it's uh, it's kind of extreme. It's like a, a legit thing where you... Um, let's, I'll go into some background. Uh, as we know, and we talked about before, the souls in purgatory can do nothing for themselves, right? right? They can't they can't merit anything, or they can't receive any sacraments, or receive uh, they can't merit any indulgences, or get like basically do anything. They just have to sit there and work off this time. But as we have talked about before, we can assist in their time in purgatory by praying for them, and you can also offer your indulgences for the souls in purgatory. Right. Uh, you can, Which we recommend you, doing because you could get an indulgence for yourself and then, you know, sin and be right back where you started. But if you give it to someone in purgatory who can't sin, um, you know, you'll get them out and then they'll be in heaven praying for you. So, like, to me, this is a better investment. Anyway, go on. Right. Yeah, no, that's a perfect way of putting it. You don't want to hoard indulgences. So it, And the other thing is, remember, if you pray for someone... If uh, if I die and you pray for me to get out of purgatory, if I've already made it out of purgatory, um, then the prayers will be applied to someone else in purgatory, right? So the the prayers are never wasted, and it all all goes to a uh, all goes to a good home. Uh, let's see, I said that. I, I wrote some notes. I actually kind of prepared for this. This is fun. Uh, I'm proud of you. <laughs> so a heroic act of charity is done as an act of the will you have to you have to have a firm intention to do it and then make it from the heart right so it's not like i call you up on the phone and i say yeah i think i'm doing i'm i think i'm just going to do a heroic act of charity right so that's not yeah i mean because you never call me that's another story so it uh (laughs) so it has to be 
it has to be done with like a firm, clear intention. And but this is not a vow. Like it's not. It's just an offering. So at any time, you can revoke it, which you know is kind of dicey. Like you don't want to just be starting something with the idea that you'll revoke it. Um, you don't want to do this without serious reflection and without consulting a spiritual director if you have one because you're basically like you're taking on the pains of purgatory right so what the act does is this act means that one voluntarily resigns everything that may be in any way acceptable to god as atonement for your own sins when you do this you forgo any lessening of your own time in purgatory which you're offering to spend more time in purgatory so that others do not have to. Uh, just as a note, some people, some uh, theologians say that there's some reasonable hope that by doing by by doing this heroic act of charity uh, and doing it successfully, there's some reasonable hope that God and those in heaven, as gratitude, will not allow your punishment to be dealt to the fullest. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. So, like, you're still gonna be in purgatory, but if you do this, that's if you do this heroic act, the maybe you're maybe there's reasonable hope that your purgatory time will be less uh, painful than it would have been otherwise. That's interesting. I'd never heard yeah. of that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a reasonable hope thing that's been you know, that's been talked about and it, it I guess it, it kind of makes sense, but, um, it shows what it basically shows that you're the reason that that could be the case is because this, this act means that you're relying on fully on the mercy of God. Um, you, you know, it's, it means that like you're, you're understanding what you're undertaking and you know that the, God's mercy will suffice. Uh, if you do so this, practically speaking, like how do you do this? Oh, that's like it. it Am I asking questions see. ahead of time? Uh, not necessarily. It, Is it like a prayer? So i I did find a prayer to say, and this is kind of why you want to. You know, undertake this with a spiritual director so they can walk you through it and they can uh, talk to you more about it. But here's the prayer. I will read it for you right now. Okay. You excited? O holy and adorable Trinity, desiring to cooperate in the deliverance of the souls in purgatory and to testify my devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. I cede and renounce in behalf of those holy souls all the satisfactory part of my works and all the suffrages which may be given to me after my death, consigning them entirely into the hands of the Most Blessed Virgin, that she may apply them according to her good pleasure to those souls of the faithful departed whom she desires to deliver from their sufferings. Deign, O my God, to accept and bless this offering which I make to thee at this moment. Amen. So that is uh, one of the prayers I found. That's the under uh, formula of the heroic act, what I saw. But you, were I found just, an, you were just quoting. You weren't making it, right? 
Right. And I, yeah, I mean, you would, I would assume that you would want to probably say that multiple times, right? Like work it in, work it into your daily prayer routine. Um, at least that's what I, I think it would be a good way just to remember every day of what you're doing it for. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that, so that, uh, that part about in the prayer about the blessed virgin, uh, offering it so that she may distribute these favors to the souls in purgatory through her own merciful pleasure. I liked, Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of an interesting part. And, uh, right. As I say that my note on why that is disappeared, but basically it's like a, it's a way of acknowledging that the blessed Virgin Mary is obviously great. And it's just a, a way to, as it says in the prayer, you just give her your good works and then she can do with it what, uh, what she sees fit. And, uh, obviously since she is the blessed Virgin Mary, she will do whatever God sees fit with them. Right. So it's just kind of an additional thing that is nice to think about that. Like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not kind of that your, your good works are put into a a good works canon and just blasted out (laughs) over the world. I like that. Like a t-shirt canon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a lull in the beatific vision. Like they have to get the crowd pumped up or like, uh, the judgment. I mean, they just have to get the crowd pumped and like they wheel out the good works canon and just blast those good works everywhere. Uh, yeah. So that's, a that's a extra part of that. Um, this has been encouraged by many popes, including Benedict the Fourteenth, Pius the Sixth, and Pius the Ninth. Pius the Decem- Ninth. Is that your boy? Yeah, Pio Nono. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On December eighteenth, eighteen eighty-five, there was a decree of the Sacred Congregations of Indulgences, which was confirmed by Leo the Eighth, that says. The heroic act of charity in favor of the souls detained in purgatory consists in this, that a member of the church militant, either using a set formula or simply by an act of his will, offers to God for the souls in purgatory all the satisfactory works which he will perform during his lifetime and also all the suffrages which may accrue to him after his death. So there you go. There's more of an answer, too, for... You can use the set formula or simply by an act of your will. I would I would almost say, uh, and you know, if the act of the will works for you, I would say fine. But using that prayer almost to me is like the act of the will, right? To keep praying that prayer and to keep acknowledging what you're doing. Like it's, at least for me, it would be difficult to just sit there and be like, okay, just a reminder today, I'm still doing the heroic act of charity. Right. Yeah, I mean, you you make it by by saying it. That's how you're kind of directing your will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, what Pope Leo the Eighth has. I have a Bible verse written down here too. Oh, offering prayer. The it's the thing I was researching. It says offering prayers for the dead, just as a kind of I should, probably should have said this earlier but offering prayers for the dead is found is one of the spiritual works of mercy and uh, there's a quote from 
two Maccabees, as our president would say, Zach. Second Maccabees. Maccabees, Two Maccabees short of a Bible. Yeah, two Maccabees walk into a bar. Uh, 12.43 through 46. He then took up a collection among all his soldiers, amounting to 2,000 silver drachmas, which he sent to Jerusalem to provide for an expiatory sacrifice. In doing this, he acted in a very excellent and noble way, inasmuch as he had the resurrection of the dead in view. For if he were not expecting the fallen to rise again, it would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death. But if he did this with a view to the splendid reward that awaits those who had gone to rest in godliness, it was a holy and pious thought. Thus he made atonement for the dead that they might be freed from this sin. That's a, that's a, I like the quote, if he were not expecting the fallen to rise again, it would have been useless and foolish to pray for them in death. I kind of like that. Like, that's why, that's why we pray for the dead. If we didn't believe that there was something else, then it would be silly to keep remembering the dead. It's true. It would be silly. And not the good silly. Not the, not the good silly, Zach. Uh, so yeah, that's basically that. They, uh, that's the heroic act of charity. There's not a lot more to say on it, so I'm not going to hem and haw and act like draw this out to an hour. But just to reaff- just to affirm, please, before before taking a heroic act of charity, please consult your spiritual director. That's the fine print of this episode. Yes. And, I mean, you can also, you know, in confession, bring it up if you don't have a spiritual director yet, and the priest mm-hmm. can give you some guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, you know, I mean, as long as it's, you kind of want to make sure the priest has heard of it. So if they say, what's that? Then maybe, you know, ask a different priest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want him to say, what's that? Yeah, it sounds great. You might as well do it. Yeah. Sometimes though, I mean, like I've told people, okay, you know, for the scapular, like, you know, I, everyone should wear the scapular and there's the, you know, the, uh, what is it? Is it enrollment? Do you get enrolled in the scapular? Mm-hmm. Or? Enrolled, yes. So, yeah, I mean, find any priest and just print out the prayers and hand it to him. And if he'll say it, you're fine. Even if he doesn't really, you know, because like some of the priests, especially if they're like baby boomer priests, like they may not even know what the scapular is. And mm-hmm. so you um, just hand it to him and have him pray it in accounts and you're good. Um, but it, that's because the scapular is something everyone should do. For things that are, you know, a discernment process, you want to make sure the person helping you discern uh, knows what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is funny, and it is. That's how I got advice. first enrolled in my scapular. The priest didn't really know what it was, and so I just well, I printed out the the prayers. So you just do this part. Hey there, hey there, Father. Can you just say these words real quick? I I hope that that, in all honesty, I you know I I do really hope that that moved the priest to actually learn more about what it is right oh yeah i mean i think that that's that's the thing like the you know and we make comments that are probably not always the nicest about a certain generation of priests but you have to realize you know they weren't given the opportunity to learn about some of these great treasures of the faith and so you know by asking some priests to enroll you in the scapular you may that may put it in their minds to just go, you know, do some Googling and then read up about the scapular. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, that's where, again, it's, uh, 
our lady works in complex ways and so you know don't put it past her to to be working on that priest through you asking for the scapular you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's true that, that's a that's a good point zach so anything else any questions before we uh saint of the week this bad boy um you know i'm trying to think of something but nothing's coming to mind oh uh by the way that you talked about the confession going into confession and asking uh did you see the california decided not to go through with that bill that would require priests to disclose confessions yeah um that's good news um what i will tell you is that priests even um i i can tell you that priests would would go to prison they would face persecution they would do whatever it took to not break the seal of confession Mm -hmm. and that that would be every like i'm telling you you know pick your the super villain progressive priests that people don't like like father james martin will sit in prison to not reveal your sins to the authorities he will not break the sacrament of the the seal of the confessional and mm-hmm. so there was no risk of the seal actually being violated but it is very good that there's not um the state of california trying to force that to happen mm-hmm. um but it, you know it's important that states realize that they don't they can't get involved in matters uh you know with the church um the the church is governed by the successor of Peter, Pope Francis. It's not governed by the state of California. And so, um, you know, there's definitely, even just by considering the question, there were definitely boundaries breached. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess on the plus side, it's a reminder that, you know, our priests, um, you know, liberal, conservative, progressive, traditional, whatever, um, they don't, they will not break the seal of the confessional. Um, so, you know, thanks be to God. Yeah, that's uh it seems like a some prison time is probably a good result compared to breaking the seal of confessional and eternal damnation, Zach. So, right. And I mean you have to think like again, these men have given their entire lives to their vocation. So, even if they have unsavory things, uh opinions about liturgy or or this and that issue, um when it really does come down to the 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 you know the essential elements of the sacraments um they're not messing around yeah it's uh and the holy spirit will 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 protect them and reward them for for that right they yeah turning their back on that would just be basically admitting that their entire vocation and their entire life was just a waste of time it's uh yeah so there's that right. Zach. so I, i'm i'm yeah i'm basically telling you that um the think of your very worst sin and think of the very worst priest and i can assure you that he would go to jail before revealing that sin and that's uh zach mabry guarantee yes that's actually a funny comment i'm going to just do one last tangent and then you can do your thing there was a uh please take as many tangents as you like um there was a priest that, that i I really liked this priest, but he had a, a thing he would say because they'd ask him to give speeches at other parishes, and a lot of these parishes weren't very weren't, would be like not traditional parishes or people who weren't Latin mass people would would go, and so he kind of knew they'd be, um, you know, they'd maybe heard to be intimidated or stuff that we've addressed in past episodes, 
Um, and so he had this thing. He's like, guys, I'll be in confession afterwards until there's nobody left in line. If you've got sins, come confess it. And uh, I, I don't know who you are. I'm not uh, listening. Um, you know, I can I can absolve murder and then play pool with the person five minutes later. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, if you if you come to me with a sin I hadn't heard before, I'll do your penance for you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so they've heard it, was, it all. It was a cool offer. Right. And so, yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Murder, so fun. Murdering and playing pool with a priest. If only we were so lucky. Saint of the week. Saint Giovanni Galberto. Ooh. Heard of him? He's born uh, in 985 in Florence. He died July 12th. 1073 at the age of 88 also in Florence and his feast day is July 12th he was canonized October 24th 1193 uh, by Pope Celestine III patron of forest workers, foresters, park rangers, parks Italian forest corp uh, Brazilian forests Vallombrosan order what is that that um, is a religious yeah. monastic religious order uh, and they're named after their location which is Vallombrosa in Italy uh, maybe we'll talk about that some other time so uh, he was born to nobles and he was born in a castle known as Poggio Petrolio uh Maybe we can get some Italian to correct me on that. Uh, his sole oh, sibling, will. yeah, <laughs> his sole sibling was his older brother Ugo. Ugo uh, makes a reappearance in the story. Sole sibling in a few seconds. Yeah, his sole sibling. That's kind of what I think of you as, Matt. You're kind of my sole sibling. Thank you. That's uh, what an honor. What an honor. He was educated and raised Catholic, but in his adolescence, he cared little for religion. Zach. Instead, he focused on frivolous things and was concerned with vain amusements and romantic intrigues. But then, his older brother, Ugo, his soul sibling, was murdered. And, and, And Giovanni set out to avenge his brother's death. Okay? Story gets good, right? One Good Friday... As he was entering Florence with his armed followers, uh, he happened in, a, it says, in a narrow lane, so I assume in a small road in Florence, he happened to come upon the man who had killed his brother. The killer fell upon his knees with arms outstretched in the form of a cross and begged for mercy in the name of Jesus, which reminded Giovanni that Christ had died on that day. Giovanni granted him mercy and renounced his revenge. What a what a day. Like if you're the murderer, you of all the days to stumble upon Giovanni, that was the perfect day. Okay? Uh he entered the Benedictine church to pray and to meditate uh on the crucifix. And, uh, nope, sorry, I read that wrong, read my notes wrong. 
he entered the Benedictine he entered the Benedictine Church at San Miniato to pray, and the figure on the crucifix is said to have bowed its head to him in re- in recognition of his generous and merciful act. Giovanni then begged for pardon of his sins, and that week cut off his hair and began to wear an old habit that he had borrowed. Uh, he became a Benedictine monk despite his father's objections. Uh, and, but his father, basically, he argued with his father for a little bit, and his father saw that he was resolute in his decision and decided that his son, it was okay for his son to un- to become a monk. Uh, he became a noted figure for his compassion for the poor and the ill. Pope Leo IX traveled to Valambrosa to meet with St. Giovanni and Popes Stephen IX and Alexander II held him in great esteem, as did Pope Gregory VII, who praised him for his pureness and meekness of faith. Uh, yeah, that's uh, his, yeah, that, it, it was not originally, his feast day was not originally included, uh, but was at, on the calendar, but was added in 1595. Uh yeah, there it is, Zach. There our guy. it is. So basically, if your soul sibling is murdered, and you stumble upon someone on Good Fr- the murderer on Good Friday, and forgive him, you will become a saint. Nice. Well, yeah, that's one way to do it. All right. Well, we're back, and we had a few hiccups on the notes, but you know that's what we've come to expect. We've, we're back in our full, in full glory. It is so nice to be back. Uh, I've missed everybody. Um, and you know, thank you for the kind emails. And, um, again, like Matt and I said, we wish we could, we had time to read all of them on air and respond, but we're very grateful for your support. Um, and and we're excited to be back on the air. So, uh, thank you very much for all the love. There it is, Zach. That's a great way to close it out. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week and, uh, yeah, have a good week, everyone. See ya.